Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's day. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All the fights that we discuss on this blog, uh, on this uh, podcast, are up on my blog. So be sure to check that out. Now, before we get into our uh, usual stuff, a uh, very strange thing happened on Ross. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, uh, what happened was uh, they were trying to put together kind of a, a weird uh, six-pack match with that was supposed to have in it uh, Becky Lynch, Asuka, um, and two tag teams, uh, the tag team champs, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi, and the tag team of uh, Dewdrop and Nikki, uh, whatever the hell they're calling her. Anyways, what they were going to do is they were going to use the two tag team chants. In other words, Naomi was going to win this match, and they're going to lose the title, the title match on Sunday. The same thing was going to happen to Sasha. So Sasha objected to this. She went to Vince. Vince, you know, said, no, we're going to do it. And then they both walked out. They left. So what they ended up doing instead was uh, Asuka versus uh, Becky. Um, and Asuka won the match and got the title shot, uh, which made a hell of a lot more sense than what they were going to do. I don't know why they have to complicate it. It doesn't make any damn sense. But, uh, you know, Asuka was able to put together a pretty good match in a pinch. And it was pretty good to see. So uh, I just wanted to comment on that. the video out the match video. Any comments on this, Sean? No, it's all very interesting, but I don't have any any anything to add to it. Okay, all right. So let's uh, go to Saturday's show. And first of all, uh, T- Caitlin Chukagian beat Amanda Rebus by split decision. And I'm going to tell you right off the top here, I thought Amanda won. And here's my whole problem with Kate. Her whole fighting style is designed to be one thing and one thing only. And that's full judgment into giving her decision wins. That's all she's trying to do. She doesn't have, listen, if she doesn't do that, she's going to get her ass kicked. You know? Well, I see. I see your point, and I. I always. I don't think she, Caitlin's a particularly damaging fighter. I don't think she's a particularly efficient fighter. But at this point, every fighter kind of knows what she's going to do. So if you don't have a counter for it, whether it's strategical or technical, you're kind of setting yourself up. Should she be winning all these fights? She is. That's not necessarily. But if you give her the fight she wants, whose fault is that? Well, the point is, I don't think she won the fight. I can see an argument. I can see an argument for both. Um, the problem I had with Rebus Hebus is she kept. She wasn't even really pressuring Caitlin. She was chasing her. And even though Caitlin's not a really efficient striker, if you stand at range and make her kind of find you, if you just run for run towards her, which is what Amanda was doing, even though she's she's not efficient or she's not accurate, you're running into her shots. You're doing all the work for her. It's the same thing with Holly Holm. If you kind of make her come to you. She's inefficient. She'll give up takedowns. She'll give up counters. But if you run towards her, she's going to eat you up with volume in her movement. And that's what happened to Hebus. Hebus just kept running into the jab, running into right hands, running into kicks to the face and the body. Like 
if he was would just would have stopped, or if he was, and I think it was late in the third round, would have pressured but changed levels, attacked the body and then kicked the leg. If she did that from round one to round two, this fight wouldn't have been a question. But she refused to, she refused to back up and make Kaylin come to her. And then when she was pressuring, she refused to touch the body and kick the legs. I said that's exactly what she had to do. She didn't do either one of those things consistently. Well, so she gave we, that up we, herself. We found out afterwards that Amanda uh, I think it was a torn bicep or something like that. And uh, I don't even understand why she took the fight if that's the case. Because the original, what originally was supposed to happen is she was supposed to face Michelle Watterson back in March. And she took this fight at flyweight, mainly just to keep busy. So she's going back to strawweight. So if she got injured, what are you taking the fight for? You're not going to stay at flyweight anyway. So it doesn't make well, any sense. That's, that's also what I said because it's like – um. When they get in the, and they lose a fight, it looks bad. It looks like you're making an excuse. Whether it's legitimate or not, it makes it look like you're making an excuse. Because if the fighter's not 100%, what, why are you putting them in? Especially when you're fighting in a weight class where your physical advantages aren't the same. If this would have been a um, – this is a strawweight, right? Wait, no, this is a flyweight. If this was, it was a flyweight. A, if she would have been strawweight her stri- against another opponent, her strength and her power, even if she's not 100%, allow her to dictate the terms. But it's – at flyweight, Kaylin Chikagan is not super durable, but even in fights against other fighters, she's been able to impose her will. Even against Jessica Andrade, she was able to hold her own in clinches and kind of back her up a little bit because of that weight class, Caitlin's more of a physical force. So he was couldn't just hit her once and get her out of there or just dictate and I'll take you down, I'll just control you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So she, she, set, she set herself up for failure. That's bad on her management. That's bad on her team. Like, her, you know what it is? It's her and her dad. Well, once again, he's part of her team, and it, first of all, she should make better decisions, and if I was in her corner, I would have been like, if you're injured, well, it's not, this won't be the first fighter I've told who's injured to be like, hey, don't take this fight. No, we think we're good enough to beat her. Okay, well, fine. Then you lose the fight. It's like, well, we injured. No, somebody told you not to take the fight in the first place. You know, it, it was stupid. Anyway, it really doesn't matter, okay? My whole, my whole, my whole point is this. Caitlin Jukagi misses 90% of her shots, Sean. Yeah. How the hell does she win fights that way? She wins. It's a couple different ways. When you're fighting, judges look at fights a little differently, and they try to go, they go with the story of the fight. If you're fighting someone, and supposedly they don't hit hard, then the question becomes, how come, if they're not hurting you, how are you not able to track them down and overwhelm them? Secondly, if they don't hit hard and all they do is throw volume, why is it they're still throwing the same volume from round one to round three or round five while your volume is dropping? How is your volume dropping if they're not hurting you? And how can you can't you can't take them down or you can't hurt them even though they're not hurting you? You're basically saying there's no threat in front of me, but even though there's no threat, I can't get a takedown, I can't get a clinch, I can't land a knockout shot, I can't get a submission. You're making the argument against yourself. And and one thing I, one thing I want to say before we, we bounce off of this. Remember when Irina Aldana, she fought Holly Holm? She fought Holly Holm. She had like a broken foot or something. And everybody kept saying, well, that's why she lost. That's why she lost. Fighters can't always say that. But what everybody keeps forgetting is even in a fight, when you're compromised, if you fight with the wrong strategy, all, all the wrong strategy does is make it that much t- tougher for you to win. If you fight the right, right strategy, it gives you more an opportunity to win. Irina Aldana should have made Holly Holm come to her. And Amanda Heba should have either made Chukagin come to her or she should have attacked the body and kicked the legs. Every time she attacked the body and kicked the legs, she put 
she hit her efficiently and did damage and back to Kagan up. The rest of the time, she was swinging swing and headhunting, getting countered and missing and getting out of position. She just didn't do what it took to win the fight, injury or not. She could have won the fight with injury. Her camp did not make any adjustments, and she was not prepared for Caitlin Chukagan's style. She lost because of bad preparation and bad and bad adjustments. It's not the injury had nothing to do with it. She still could have won that fight with the injury. She would have fought better. All right, let's go on to the next one. This was also at flyweight. It was Viviani Ararujo won over Andrea Lee by unanimous decision. And the first thing I want to talk about. Andrea Lee is no longer trading at 47. She returned home to Chiefport, and she's now training UFC fighter boyfriend, Tony Kelly. And I don't know about you, Sean, but I didn't think much of her in this fight. And he's the reason. All right? She should have stayed at Fortis. Yeah, um, I recently said this on, on Twitter. A lot of the fighters, and, and it's a lot more with the women fighters, it happens with the men fighters, but I think it's more prominent with the women fighters. They get, they get, they have a loyalty issue. When they have success, they'll go away from it because my boyfriend, my whatever said, and they'll leave it. Or when they're struggling, they've plateaued as a fighter, they'll stay with someone because of my boyfriend, my whatever. And it, it hinders their careers. It hinders their because by, by the time they start making the adjustments, they've already declined or they start regressing because they're going back to another camp where they're familiar with them, but they're not doing really well. Andrea Lee is another example of that. Um, there's been other fighters who went places and, well, they challenged me. They made me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's how you get better. And then they went right back to where they used to. And then their, their, their fighting effectiveness, their skill, well, and their consistency fell off a map. Well, Schwann, hold on, hold on. This is a different guy, but it's the same behavior. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it might be a different guy, but the, the situation's the same. It it, it doesn't change it because it's a different person. What the hell is she doing, man? This is self-destructive behavior. Yeah, I think, what was she on a two or three fight win streak? She was um two. she she was looking good. She was looking dynamic. She was looking efficient. She was looking effective. She was taking advantage of the full advantage of her skill set, and she was staying away from her weak points. And then in this fight, it was a complete regression. Had I, once again, this is why I, I wish I knew these sort of things because, like, when I picked Tracy Cortez because she was working with Henry Cejudo, if I would have known this woman had left Fortis, I'd have been like, there's no way in hell she wins this fight. Uh, we didn't it, know that until the fight. But, but once again, when people, you have to have, first of all, you have to have talent to win. A good corner, a good coach, if they, they have a below average talent, they can, they can have you fight the right fight that'll make you more competitive, but it, it's not going to have you overcome a better talent, a better skilled fighter if that fighter is prepared. But when you have the talent, if you have the talent, when you're at a talent disadvantage, which she was against a ro- against Vivian, she was, a- she was at a dramatic talent disadvantage. You can't make any mistakes. And she went from a camp that was minimizing mistakes and maximizing her strengths and putting her in the right positions to a camp that was telling her that she was winning rounds. She wasn't winning and she was being more effective. And this girl's scared and she's tired already. and She's desperate. What are you talking about? She- no point was she desperate. No point was she desperate. And the worst part about this is, in the fight, she actually had the fight won when she kicked her in the head, but when she hit her again, she woke her back up. So it's like, and then, and, and then from that point on, Vivian just was backing her up with power shots, kicking her leg, punching her to the body, physically bullying her, and she had no adjustment. All she kept doing was throwing volume, trying to get it range and throw it volume. The same thing she did before she went on her two-fight win streak. It was, it was a terrible regression. Terrible. 
Yeah, like I said, she almost won the fight there. Viviani, uh, very fortunate that she was able to continue. She, it wasn't long enough for the rest to go over there. Either. Well, she, she caught her early, and, and I'm just, this is my opinion, I could be wrong. When she hit her, she rocked her, because with a, a, a how do you say her name? I can't miss that last name up. It's Viviani Araujo. Araujo. She doesn't fight continuously. She she fights in big spots of offense. So you can time her, and if you have straight shots and you throw a lot, you can time her and you can get her in, in spots. But the fact of the matter is, with she jumped, she jumped in for a shot. Um, Lee caught her right down the pipe, dropped her. When she got back up, she hit her again and then like hit her, kicked her in the face. She felt face first. I'm not saying that that would end the fight, but if Lee would have backed off. The ref might have just called it just the way she fell. But she says she hits her, and instead of reestablishing her range, she's just pounding on her, pounding on her. Everybody knows Andrea Lee isn't a big hitter. Everybody knows that. She does. She throws tons of volume. She hits you with tons of volume. But nine times out of ten, she's not finishing fights. If you throw that kind of volume and you're not regularly finishing girls, you don't hit hard. So she's hitting her. She basically wakes her back up. And then from that point on, Arujo bullies her beats her up, backs her up, and controls the fight completely. And Andrea had no idea how to adjust it. She couldn't her, – her volume wasn't anything because Vivian knows she can't hurt her. Her, her defense and her footwork is 100% based on her ability to generate volume. And when her volume is not effective, nothing else she has effective. She had no plan B. She had no plan B, and she just got handled. The only reason okay. that she was the first round. Let's address the elephant in the room, which is – Tony Kelly's uh, behavior between rounds and the stuff that he, I mean, this is ridiculous behavior. You, you got to deal with professional people. This guy's a dope. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a straight up. I mean, according to the UFC, what Colby Covington said wasn't racist. So I can't say what he's saying is racist by that logic. But I can't imagine you would say that knowing they have cameras in the corner. I mean, like, there's a there's a certain instigation even if you even if he doesn't care about people's feelings that's problematic business wise that's the I'm, kind of stuff that Chuan, that's the kind Chuan, of, yeah. Chuan, if you're a professional trainer you don't say those things it's simple as that well he's not really a trainer he's a fighter who trains it's two different things yeah, but either way no, it's, it's, it is inexcusable and it's puts whether she, I don't know if she agrees or not, but it puts her in a bad position because now she's associated with this and she's going to have to stick up for him. And it puts him in a bad situation as a person who's a fighter. If I'm him, I, I can't lose too many fights because the UFC can't, doesn't want to be, he's not a big enough star for the UFC to put up with this kind of nonsense for, on his behalf. But he didn't, he didn't do, it was a bad job in the corner. Even Gilbert Burns agreed with me on Twitter. It was a terrible job, a terrible adjustment. And this is just, highlights it, puts a cherry on top. And I can't be, believe Andrea Lee willingly went to this instead of staying where she was, where there wouldn't have been any of this crazy talk and this... And, and this no! You think Saeed Sir would put up with this stuff? No. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, third one, uh, it was uh, in that It was uh, Vina Genderoba. I can't even pronounce it. The Angela Hill by unanimous decision and they made a this is the thing that bothered me about this fight they tried they made a big deal about uh, angela hill's 20th fight right yeah. so they were trying to make it seem like a competitive fight but shawana wasn't competitive 
Yeah, the the problem the problem with um the problem the problem with Angela Hill is she doesn't she's not as athletic as she used to be and against Verna and she was always a one dimensional kickboxer. And yeah. oh, do you recall they were talking on the broadcast about how oh she's working on the ground and still showing off and blah 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 blah. I just laugh. Because he's not gonna do that, are you kidding? Yeah, the the it's two things with her. People always highlighted her 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 kickboxing and and once again I'm not a fighter, so I'm not gonna disrespect her. But the fact of the matter is she's not she's never been a high level offensive or defensively skilled kickboxer. She's pretty good in clinches, and I don't know if that's pure skill, because I'm not saying she's unskilled, but generally she's been bigger and physically stronger than most girls. So she's been able to have her way and um you see the limitations of her style because she's not able to put combinations together. And because part of it's because she's never been a great combination striker. The second part of it is she was fearful of setting herself up for a takedown by Verna. She didn't want to get taken down. She didn't want to get clinched up because she's clinched up against the cage. She's not trained specifically for that. That wears down her energy, which takes away her accuracy and her power and her mobility. And if she gets taken down, she's completely on the defensive against against Verna. She doesn't have a depth of skill on the ground to escape or to hit counters or to get to certain positions. She's largely relied on her athleticism. And Verna is actually not super dynamic athletically, but she's very physically strong and she's light years, light, light years better than uh, Angela Hill on the ground. So Angela was just on the defensive. It was, it was impressive that she survived on the ground for as long as she did, but she was never able to get in the offense. She was never able to get back up when she wanted to. And even on the feet, she was getting pushed back and bullied because Verna's not afraid to exchange. When she's been outclassed on the ground, when she fought Hebus, it was just a war. When she fought Dern, it was kind of a war back and forth. So she was willing to exchange, but Angela Hill wouldn't because she's afraid of getting taken down or tied up and worn out. So it's like, it was just, it was really bad. It was a bad showing for her. I mean, congrats to her for surviving, but Angela Hill no longer has the athleticism. And I'm not sure if she has the skill or the style. Like her style has been passed by. Her style has not been effective for about the last three to five years. Is a fight. Say that again, sir. Maybe it's time for her to retire to the broadcast. I don't see why she wouldn't. She's got a long fighting history. Nobody can question her heart and her competitiveness because she she took tough fights. Win or lose, she always competed hard in them. She's got a great personality. When you hear her talk about fights, you you would think she's the smartest fighter in cage. It just it's not like that. But she has she's not. She has first-hand experience. She's attractive. She has charisma. She's funny. She's smart, and she has a long history as a fighter. She should just make that turn, get her podcast going, get her brand going, be an announcer. They need female announcers. They need female fighters to be announcers. We have all these male fighters. Let's get a female fighter on these boards and calling these fights. She should just take that jump. I'm not going to tell her she has to because it's her career. She's the one taking punches, not me, but she is no longer a contender. She's not even a fringe contender anymore. So if you're not trying to be the best, what are you doing? You can make money a million other ways easier. You've already proven yourself. By the way, just for the record, Laura Sanko was a fighter. Take that back. Sorry. Laura Sanko. But we, that's one. How many other? We got one. How many male fighters do we have calling fights? I know. Quite a few. And, 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 and I think Yes. Um, but she did it in a fashion. I think it's going to keep her on the roster. Maybe even move her up in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, even in her losses, Jan Daroba hasn't looked. She's put on fairly exciting fights. They've been fairly exciting. 
So even in her losses, at least you could be like, well, we know we're going to get a good scrap with her. This was also a good scrap, just one-sided one. So there's no reason to really get rid of her. She's still developing. I think I think in another year or two, you might really have something. Uh, yes. Schwan. Yes, sir. She's too nice. Well, she might be, but she has enough physicality and aggression and a skill. A lot of girls, a lot of girls aren't great athletes. They're not gonna be able to power out of positions. They're not strong enough to stand the ground with her. She can put two or three wins together with low-level gir- girls. I think she she lacks the killer instinct to beat elite girls. That's the problem. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Saturday's show. Uh, and uh, first of all, we have the main event there at Bantamweight. Holly Holm faced Kitlin Vieira. And Holly has come back from knee surgery. So she hasn't fought in quite a while. Uh, Ketlin, of course, is from Brazil. Uh, we saw her beat Misha Tate a few months ago. And her big problem, in my opinion, is she lacks killer instinct. And I think that drives her coach crazy, too. So uh, I like, I think Ketlin's a better fighter. But, you know, she, she couldn't lose this fight. Anyway. Well, Ketlin herself hasn't fought in six months. Hello. Sorry? Ketlin hasn't fought in six months. So she's not super, super sharp. Ultimately, I think you're right. I think Ketlin has the broader skill set. She can, she's actually has but she's not a killer. She's not a killer. She's not a killer. I don't know that she has the athleticism necessary to just dominate home. But the question is, how cold he holds up? I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to bet home knowing at her age. This is the age we start declining, and she's coming off a major injury. I don't know that we can just guarantee that she's going to outclass, outwork, and use her veteran skills to beat Ketlin. All things being equal, I pick Holly home. But I don't know if Holly Holmes compromised right now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, we don't know what she's going to be like after surgery. Exactly, and then she's facing a person who's on par with her athletically. Usually, she's a probably, much better athlete. Than she's probably better. Yeah, at this stage, Vera is a better athlete. Holm has the experience, but once again, we don't know how much her her knee can hold up. We don't know how well her cardio is. When you have damage to your knee, you can't do the cardio you want to. Maybe her gas tank's there. If her gas tank's not there, Holm's not really an exceptional fighter. Part of her exception is her physicality and her her conditioning. If one of those two things isn't an advantage, she, technically, she's never been a, a an elite fighter. So I'm not sure that she can win that kind of fight if she's not 100%. Yeah, that's about it. I, I'm going with Vieira on this. Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to go Vieira. I'm just going to go home because that's who I would pick under the best circumstances. But it's it's a shaky well, pick. Because the point is, is it's not under the best circumstances. I, I'm just going to go home with the experience. I saw, I, even though Misha Tate got walked down and worn out, Misha Tate's never been a big hitter. Misha Tate's not as physical as home. Kept, uh, even, even, a, even, a, even a compromised home should be able to – be a better performance and has a better skill set. I'm just going to go at home just just based off of who I know her to be. But it's probably not a good pick, to be honest. All right. Uh, okay, let's the other two fights on this show. I'm not too crazy about First one is at uh, Strawweight. It is Pollyanna Vienna 
versus Tabatha, Tabitha Ricci. So they're both Brazilians, right? Pollyanna is the girl who her claim to fame is that when she was at a bus stop one time, somebody tried to assault her and she'd be the crap out. Okay. As a fighter, she's been kind of the lower mid card. She's like big three and something like that, whatever it is. And Tabitha Ricci, I think, is a whole lot better. But interesting thing about Tabitha is she is Brazilian, but she trains in California at Paragon BJJ in Santa Barbara. So uh, she's been in the U.S. for quite a while. Uh, I don't know who's going to win it. I don't really care. Uh, but Pollyanna has been on the UFC roster for a long time. You would think that if she loses this fight, she could get cut. I don't think she actually – I think when she's faced a certain caliber of opponent, you've seen her limitations and skill and athleticism. But I, I don't know that Tabitha Ricci is that, talent, that level of opponent. I mean, Aldrich is better than, than Ricci. I'd almost say Macedo is as good or, is, or better than Ricci. The only person who's not is Hannah Seifer. So I, I just have – I would probably have to favor Pollyanna. All things being equal, I have to favor Pollyanna. I I, uh, I don't know. There's there's not enough. There's not really a ton separating them as far as what they've done in the cage and how they've done it. I mean, I I think I think Pollyanna's got more wins, so I'm just going to say that she has the experience to execute in 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 an even fight, and 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 Tabitha probably doesn't have as much. Well, it's like I said, I, I really care. Okay, so it doesn't make interest to me. Uh, the other one is similar. It's like um, also Strawley. You've got Elise Reed versus Sam Hughes. Sean, they're both awful. I don't care. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Reed on this. I think she's a better athlete, and I think she's a better striker. I don't know. Sam Hughes is now training at uh, uh, with John Wood. So yeah, we've seen a bit of it. We saw a bit of improvement last time around. So. We've only we, we we saw Reed get dominated when she fought at her weight class, but when she fought at her weight, she looked a lot better. She looked a lot better, looked a lot smoother. I expect Sam Hughes to be better, but this is a pretty quick turnaround for her, and she's facing somebody who's at who has a who has a balance of skill sets. Like Reed can grapple some, she can strike some, and she's a good athlete. When Hughes won, Hughes struggled with a fighter who can grapple at all. Let's face it. Nunez was giving her the business, and then Hughes started wrestling her, and Nunez had nothing else. Reed can at least grapple, and Hughes isn't a physically dominant enough fighter to just bully her for the the entirety of the fight. I don't care. I don't like either of them. Well, I'm going to go with Reed on this one. I, you know what? I'm going to say it's even. It, it's 50-50 fight, but I, I, think, I think Reed is a little bit better prepared for this. Okay. Is that uh, C announced today? Will be in comparison. Okay. Yeah. See, you're going to see on that show. Uh, Well, I I think, I mean, her last performance wasn't great, but you could push her. Yeah. And so that's the only thing I wanted to mention. I don't think I have anything else. Have you been watching The Ultimate Fighter at all? No, I really haven't, to be honest. Yeah, they've got women 
flyweights. The one fight that they had was awful. Uh, and uh, I'm going to keep watching just to see if there's anybody good. It doesn't look like it, though. It doesn't look like it, though. But anyway, I always watch it anyway. It's uh, just in case there's somebody good. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Swan? No, sir. That's about it. Okay, again, don't forget to check out my blog at fightt316.blogspot.com. As I said, uh, all the fights that were from last weekend are up on the blog. And uh, when the fights happen on Saturday, they'll be up on my blog Sunday morning. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for either my blog or my podcast, and if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.